theory of the double agent. It is time to speak of a phenomenon that seemingly manages to survive only on the margins of political systems. In fact, however, it touches on the existential core of societies. The phenomenon of secret agents. The psychology of agents, especially of the double agent, would be the most important chapter in present-day political psychology. Incredible stories are told of conspiratorial groups in Switzerland in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, where an impenetrable snarl of czarist, anti-czarist, communist, anarchist and Western European groups of agents had arisen. They all kept their eyes on each other, and their calculations and consciousnesses reflected on and into one another. In the heads of the conspiratorial party cells, as well as in the secret police planted among them, fantastically convoluted tactics and meta-tactics were spun out. One has heard of double and triple agents who themselves in the end no longer exactly knew for whom they were really working and what they were seeking for themselves in this double and triple role-playing. They were initially committed to one side, were then bought off, and were finally enticed back by their own original party, etc. There was basically no longer any self that would have been able to self-seekingly obtain advantages from all sides. What is self-interest in someone who no longer knows where his self is? But much the same thing can be said, I believe, for anyone who takes a place in the body politic, Staatskörper, or in corporations or institutions, knows roughly in which direction the state is heading. Between loyalties and insights, an ever-widening gulf is opening that makes it difficult to know where one stands. On which side do our loyalties lie? Are we agents of the state and of institutions? Or agents of enlightenment? Or agents of monopoly capital? or agents of our own vital interests that secretly cooperate in constantly changing double binds with the state, institutions, enlightenment, counter-enlightenment, monopoly capital, socialism, etc. And in so doing, we forget more and more what we ourselves sought in the whole business. It was no accident that it was Walter Benjamin that great expert in polyvalent meaning who built secret bridges between Judaism and sociology, Marxism and Messianism, art and critique, who introduced the agent motif into the human sciences. Recall, for example, the, his famous and cunning interpretation of Baudelaire, in which he characterised the poet as a secret agent of his class. The multiple agent activity of the intelligentsia is characteristic of modernity fact that has always seemed threatening to those simplifiers who were determined to do battle, and to those who think in terms of friend and foe. Was Stalinism not, among other things, an attempt to break out of the ineluctable multiple binds of every intelligentsia, by means of a paranoiac simplification on the fronts, so that once again everything would become simple enough for even Stalin to comprehend? This could be called, somewhat more elegantly, the reduction of complexity. Who is subjectively, objectively, implicitly and explicitly whose agent? 
functionary of which link in the system, helper of which tendency. In Stalinist thinking, to this day one uses the word objective when one wants to dissolve double binds and ambivalences by force. Those who deny complex realities like to pretend to be objective and accuse those who are conscious of problems of fleeing from reality and daydreaming. Not even with the seemingly most unambiguous and most decisive figures can it be objectively determined which tendency they have ultimately signed themselves up for. Especially when one considers that history, in spite of all plans, obeys the rules of a game that escapes our grasp. The parties and groups that present themselves to the public with decisive programs are themselves masks of tendencies that reach beyond them and about whose final results one can say little in advance. Marxists like to fantasize in this twilight about a great secret demiurge, a super cynical trickster who sits in the association of German industrialists, or who even has a ministerial post without portfolio in the Chancellor's office makes the state dance to the tune of the large industries. This projective strategy of simplification is as innocently naive as it is innocently artful. It has a grand history, right up to Balzac, with his mysterious Thirteen, who behind the scenes held the strings in their hands like a Cosa Nostra of capital. The most devastating of such fantasies was an invention from the world of Russian secret agents before the turn of the century. The fantasy of the wise men of Zion, an anti-Semitic fabrication in which an originally enlightenment satire by M. Jolie wandered by way of the mind of a cynical thief to the secret service in Paris who forged the alleged protocols of the wise men of Zion into the mind of a confused Russian philosopher of religion. From there the protocols made their return journey to Europe where they became the main document of anti-Semitic paranoia and had an impact on Hitler and from there to Auschwitz. There was a subterfuge in the simplification of German fascism that projected the anonymous effects of the system onto demonic intentions so that even confused, simple citizens did not lose the overview.